You're listening to the Just Giants podcast with Grump and the Cranky Fan. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and SoundCloud today. Welcome to Just Giants with Grump and the Cranky Fan, the best damn podcast for the best damn football team. I'm your host, the Football Grump. With me is Mike, the Cranky Fan. Uh, your trusty sidekick, the Cranky Fan, is here, and it's finally game week. Let's um, get this thing started. Yeah, we took a we took a little bit of a long weekend for Labor Day. You didn't miss much except for the entire roster cut down for the whole league, some maniacal trading, and uh, JJ Watt already won the Walter Payton Man of the Year award. <laughs> yeah, that's the fastest winner of that award ever. So, um, you know, congratulations to him for doing a fantastic job. I I actually was down in Houston on Sunday, and uh, the good thing I can report is that downtown Houston is fine. It's a little empty right now, but you know it seems to survive it. Now, the bad news is if you go 20 miles away, it's pretty devastating. So uh, if you guys have not given to the Red Cross and Salvation Army and all that, please do it now because they're going to need all the money they can with the Irma headed this way to Florida and God knows where else. So not a good time for everybody. Yeah, it's crazy to have back-to-back horrible hurricane, hurricanes like that. Um, one more rain, the other more wind speed, but... Yeah, sucks. So, you know, use football as a a nice diversion for this horribleness. But, uh, you know, everybody who hears this in places that might be impacted, you know, please be safe and and do the right thing. Yeah. Uh, The uh, week one Dolphins-Bucks game has already been postponed to week 11, which kind of sucks. I don't know what your thoughts are on that. But now both of those teams will have no bye week for 16 straight games. It's, It's an issue. Uh, you know, it's an unfortunate thing, but you know, you obviously can't play this weekend, yeah. uh, and they're not going to move the game to some neutral site where you know it, it's just a big waste. So I, it's one of the things you just have to kind of deal with, unfortunately. Yeah, it's one of the ones where you got to bite it. Un- unfortunately, it, it, you know, it's just it just sort of happens. You know what? Well, whatever Roger Goodell decided to do with that, he was going to get destroyed. Yeah. You rather you rather, and I'm glad they did it early enough in the week that people can prepare for things. You know, mm-hmm. uh, as I do my uh, you know my Gator podcast for this weekend, they just announced that they moved the game time from 7:30 on a Saturday to noon, which I actually argued against. I thought it was a really stupid idea. It's not stopping me from going to Florida this weekend, but I mean, it's still the fact that half the state will be in transit trying to move north and away. You know, having 90,000 people on the road road to go to a football game i think is kind of stupid so there's really no right there's no way you're going to please everybody so yeah. the thing is just for everybody to be safe yeah it's a tough situation at the end of the day the most important thing is that people aren't uh just left to the uh, to the mercy of a category five hurricane so well the good thing is that the other hurricane just happened so it's fresh in everybody's mind yeah. what not to do so yeah don't forget to follow us on Twitter. Me, I'm at football underscore grump or uh, the podcast. You can follow for any broadcast updates or times at Just Giants Pod. And don't forget to follow us on iTunes and SoundCloud. And you can follow me at the Cranky Fan. So now that we have all the pleasantries taken care of. Yeah, yeah. The Patriots game went really, really quickly. Um, it went about as well. And this is something that I tweeted to as I was live tweeting the game. 
and then at the at the conclusion of it, the game went about as well as you want a fourth preseason game to go. Only one starter played, and that was Darian Thompson, the guy who has to catch up a lot of missed time from last year. Um, the guys on the bubble performed. We saw a lot of things that we were hoping we would see. We saw Matt Lacoste rise to the occasion. Travis Rudolph continued to impress. Uh, Davis Webb probably had the most impressive out of anybody in that game. He came in and uh, he executed well throughout his time there. But most importantly, in a one-minute drill, drove the Giants downfield and got in kicking position where Aldrich Rosas drilled a 40-something yarder to win the game. Obviously not an important game, but still pressure situation that you can't simulate in practice anyway for both Davis Webb and Aldrich Rosas. Yeah, I mean, Davis Webb, I think, might be, towards the end of the year, might be fighting to be the backup quarterback. I, that's my prediction. I, I think, you know, Geno Smith did enough to get the, the job for right now, but you know, I don't know how long this team wants to have three quarterbacks on the roster. And I think, you know, if we get to that point later on in the season, you know, if Gino's not showing anything or he has to come in or something, you might see him take over for the uh, the backup spot. It's one of my bold predictions in early September. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a number of different things too. Uh, we don't know how this season's going to go. The Giants could be, you know, fifteen and one heading into Week 17, where you're going to want to sit Eli Manning. Maybe you're putting Davis Webb in then. This team might be one and fifteen. Maybe you're putting Davis Webb in then. You know, it's 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 going to be something to watch as the season progresses and we see what goes on. Mm-hmm. But we are definitely seeing a lot of progression from him, you know, even from the start of camp to this point right now. So Yeah, sure. Um, definitely not somebody that I thought would play this year no matter what team grabbed him. Right. But, you know, we we were able to get him not in a position of extreme need and we can, we can slowly get him into the learning the playbook, learning how to be in the NFL. And, you know, it wasn't too long ago when – Everybody got drafted, you know, in a, in a first round pick, first or overall pick, and they sat for a while. Mm-hmm. They sat and they learned. I mean, this is kind of a relatively last four, five, six year phenomenon of high draft picks being named the starting quarterback. And even some guy like, you know, Deshaun Kaiser, a second round pick, who's going to be the starting quarterback on day one. So, you know, we'll see how that goes with these guys. You know, some guys, you know, can rise to the occasion immediately, but. There's nothing wrong with you know investing kind of a high draft pick for a guy and letting him sit for a while and learn the offense. Yeah, I mean, I think it, I think it's positional, right? Uh, I think a high draft yeah. pick running back, for instance, is like a something where obviously you want him to learn some pass protection stuff, but there's definitely situational plays where he can probably go in week one. You should hope that a first right. round draft pick running back would be playing week one. A quarterback obviously has so much more to learn, so much more is expected of him. He's commanding everybody from the line of scrimmage blocking to the routes for the receivers. Uh, that's a guy you expect to sit for a while. Yeah. So, you know, it, that's to our advantage right now. And let's let him grow into it and let's see what happens, you know, end of the season next year and going forward. And let's just hope that Eli can, has two to three years left in him where it's not a crisis mode where Davis Webb has to play. Yeah, yeah, obviously. Um, so I guess we can go right into it uh, with the uh, the way the roster shook out as of... I was uh, Saturdays with the cuts, yeah. yeah. So uh, at quarterback, it went Manning, Geno Smith, and Davis Webb as we had expected. Josh Johnson had performed so poorly he played himself right off the roster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, no surprise there. Yeah. Um, at running back, there was a small surprise, maybe a little bit. Um, 
certainly not a given, but it went Paul Perkins, Shane Vereen, Wayne Gallman, and Orleans Darkwa did make it on the roster with Sean Drone being named out. I guess it was a little too late for him because of his injuries, but Orleans Darkwa, definitely a guy who's been around for a while but was not guaranteed anything. And I know he's a guy that you might be a little higher on than I am. Uh, you know, kind of limited roles, has shown a little something. Uh, Sean Drone, he, guy who would have made the roster last year, that's for sure. Oh, yeah, for sure. But, you know, the, the nice thing, like with running back and tight end, for example, on this team, where spots that last year, you know, mediocre players would not only be in the rotation, but potentially starting, are not even making this team right now. So that's that's definitely a sign that this team is getting deeper and uh, and better. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And I think Orleans Darkwa made it partly due to his uh, – he's got really good special teams play, mostly on uh, like field goal block scenarios and, and kickoffs and stuff like that. But he's also a guy who is pretty sure-handed. We know what we're going to get when he has to go in there. I think he's a good backup if for some reason Paul Perkins gets knocked out of a game. You know, you don't want Shane Vereen taking every single snap. Right. Uh, and, you know, he's a one-cut back with some speed and some power. I, he's nothing too special, but he's also never shown not enough, you know? He's just there. I mean, he's something who can absorb some some carries if we just need a, a back to, you know, to run the ball for a few times and give yeah. guys, like, uh, you know, what's the name? Uh, a, a spell. So yeah, I'm fine with it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've always liked what he brought to the table in, in – a backup role. I don't think he's obviously a starter because he's not usually the kind of guy who's going to, you know, lay some spin move on a defender and make something out of nothing, but he is the guy who's going to hit the hole, hit it hard and give 100% of his effort when he does. So, um, you know, hats off to him. He definitely earned the spot that he got. Mm-hmm. Um, the much bigger surprise is we're carrying a fullback this year, Shane Smith. Yeah, how about that? Uh, you know, the combination of having real no blocking tight ends last year and, uh, you know, we we need some protection back there, I think. And, you know, it might be a little change up in the way, you know, the formations are. So we'll see how much he's actually used. I mean, I think if we're going to have, you know, three wide receivers, maybe potentially two tight ends back there, how much are actually going to use the, fi- the fullback, you know, to be seen. But, you know, I guess there was an extra roster spot available t- to keep him. So, um. You know, from watching him, I thought that his blocks were always good, but he was never really blasting anybody out of the way. But he was, mm-hmm. you, you know, the bar for this team's blocking in, in a run game is so low that just sealing a guy off is, you know, it's enough. <laughs> it's it's better yeah. than nothing, so. Exactly. <laughs> uh, the tight end situation shook out just the way we expected to. Uh, Evan Ingram, Rhett Ellison were kind of locks right from the beginning, but Jarrell Adams made the team, and so did Matt Lacoste. Matt Lacoste had a great game against the Patriots. Had two touchdown catches, was you know reliable with his route running and his pass catching. He's finally transitioned from making spring, you know, hype into summer hype, and now he's going to be on the team in the fall. Again, where I said, you know, the development of the the depth of this Raptor, where your starting tight end doesn't even make the team. So that's another encouraging sign. So, Yeah, Will Ty did not make the team. As far as I know, he's still unemployed. I believe he is. Yeah. But I'm also pretty sure he'll be picked up at some point. Yeah, there's always... Uh, there's always a place in the league for a guy who really can't block and it doesn't really do anything after he catches the ball. So, <laughs> oh my gosh, um, 
Wide receivers, um, maybe a slight surprise for some people. Certainly enough arguing about it on Twitter, but uh, they shook out like this. Uh, you know, Beckham Jr., Brandon Marshall, Sterling Shepard, Tavares King made the roster despite his ankle injury, Dwayne Harris, and Roger Lewis. The guy, the odd man out here was Travis Rudolph. I think that's a question of special teams more than anything else. So It's definitely, um, you know, People had a lot to say about both Tavares King and Roger Lewis and how they don't do enough and you know this, that, and the other thing and how Travis Rudolph is a high-character guy and Roger Lewis had a DUI or whatever earlier. I, th- those are valid concerns. Um, but the other thing is that Travis Rudolph has only done you know, some things in limited time against third stringers uh, whereas Roger Lewis has already performed. If we didn't have Dwayne Harris on this team, Roger Lewis would be the best special teams player we had. So uh, mm-hmm. he, he really is somebody on special teams that is a valuable asset for this team. And I think it would have taken a lot of screw-ups for him to fight his way off. Uh, Tavares King is another guy who, you know, he had a touchdown catch in a playoff game. He's obviously got something, and it's mostly straight-line speed that the other guys don't. He's also got some size to him. So, um, And then the best part of the story is that Travis Rudolph somehow made it all the way through waivers and is now a member of the practice squad, which is probably where he belongs for at least this year. It seems like everybody we wanted to sneak through to the practice squad made it through, right? Is anybody that we obviously wanted to kind of sneak through and got claimed by anybody? Um, The only one I can think of is Jerron Jones. I think the Giants really kind of wanted to sneak through. Um, They were... Mm -hmm. They were working to convert him from defensive tackle to offensive tackle, I believe, or guard. Either way, um, and he was claimed by the Seattle. So, but still, though, I mean, guys like Rudolph, I know they wanted to take another look at it with the practice squad. Biznawani's another guy. Yeah. They all made it through, so that's good. Yeah. And um, again, I know there's been a lot of discussion about you know Roger Lewis versus Rudolph versus these other guys, but again. Let's put it all in perspective. We're talking about this the fifth versus sixth wide receiver. You know, in, in an offense, you're going to have, again, your tight ends are going to be much more important than they were in, in years past in this offense. These are guys that they have to have their special teams worth, or they're pretty much never going to see the field. So, yeah, exactly. I mean, if you know, it, it's interesting conversation for training camp, but once the season starts, you know, the importance of it really kind of fades away. Yeah. If, if, Travis Rudolph made this team instead of Roger Lewis. It's not as if he would be like Roger Lewis is getting his shirt every week. Mm-hmm. If Travis Rudolph made the team instead of him, I'm not even sure he'd be getting a jersey every week because he doesn't contribute on special teams, and they're going right. to need to fill that spot more than they need the sixth wide receiver. Exactly. So we're not talking someone who's going to be starting ahead of Beckham or anything. So again, put everything into perspective. Yeah, and they got to keep him to develop him, so it, it all ended well. This is probably the best-case scenario. Yeah. Um, moving ahead to O-line, this one shook out pretty much the way we were expecting. Um, Eric Flowers, uh, Justin Pugh, Weston Richburg, John Jerry, Bobby Hart, um, Brett Jones, DJ Fluker, and Chad Wheeler made the roster. Uh, Biznawadi was out, but again, as you said, added to the practice squad. Let me ask you a question. Yes. Is our backup left tackle on this roster right now? Yeah, I think he's playing left guard. 
So you think you think Justin Pugh would be the in case uh, Flowers got hurt or something, they'd slide him over? Yeah, I think at this moment, yeah, uh, you know, I think maybe they're trying to work Chad Wheeler into that spot. He's definitely not there yet. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> definitely not there yet. I I don't think they're going to pick a left tackle off another roster unless something truly devastating happens. You know, like if Flowers gets knocked out week one for the year, you know, obviously there's there's going to be an open roster spot at that point and they're going to definitely fill it with somebody who they can keep their best guard playing guard. But, Correct. But – it, you know, if if Flowers is out for a game, I think it's just going to be Justin Pugh. I mean, we have a wealth of talent at guard, right? I mean, we have mm-hmm. John Jerry is, you know, borderline starting caliber. DJ Fluker was a first-round draft pick just a couple of years ago. Brett Jones has impressed, you know. In that Brett case, Jones really – he really showed his versatility in this training camp too as a guy, you know, a switch army, switch army knife guy who can play center or either guard position. So Yeah, so – I certainly think if it's a one-game spell or maybe a game and a half, two games, it's just going to be Justin Pugh. Um, okay. It won't be pretty. Right. But it, w- it won't be any worse than signing a guy off the street to learn the entire vocabulary for two games. You know? he'll, yeah, he'll, 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 be, he'll slip in over Chad Wheeler, though, is what we're saying. Yeah, definitely. But, you know, it, that's, a, that's, a, that's a doomsday scenario. I really don't expect – you know who's what left tackle is on the street in the middle of the season? Homeless people. I mean, let's be serious. You're not getting Joe Thomas. Yeah. So it's, there's no upgrade right now. It's, oh, believe me. The first phone call on the fan if uh, Eric Flowers goes down for the year is, why can't we make a trade for Joe Thomas? Because he's not available. Not <laughs> Cleveland's not gonna, yeah, Cleveland is not going to trade their, you know, their, uh, you know, their benchmark left tackle just because the Giants need one. There's about as much chance as – uh, Joe Thomas playing left tackle for the Giants as there is LeBron James. Yeah. <laughs> um, but moving on, defensive ends. Uh, this was definitely going to be a competition, so I won't say it was a surprise here, but there were definitely a number of ways that this could have went. But it went probably the safest way it would have went. Um, JPP, Olivier Vernon, Romeo Okwara, Kerry Wynn, and this year's fifth-round pick, Avery Moss. Uh, Jordan, Jordan, yeah, Jordan Williams and Devin Taylor were out. It's a nice mix of guys and a nice mix of ages as well. Yeah, you know, it's not a heavy uh, veteran group, and it's also not a bunch of you know first and second year guys too. So it's it's, it's nice. Yeah, it's gonna and, be the, one of the strength, definitely one of the strengths of this team. And, and it's gonna if, be that front four. I don't want to be that guy because this isn't the fan. <laughs> But when you say it like that, when you look at their salaries, their ages, the talent level, you know, and, you know, years in the league, it certainly reminds me of the 07 defensive end position, mm-hmm. doesn't it? I mean, sure. And, it's, you, it's and you, had, you got you had wave after wave of guys coming in. And, you know, everybody's so quick to blast Jerry Reed, you know, Reese for, hey, you know, why didn't he do this? Why did this draft fail? It's like, well, look at the roster and look how the roster now is set up where, it's not like we're going to lose, you know, 19 veterans next year, or we're so capped out. I think he's done a really good job the last couple of years of trying to, you know, spending where we could spend, but still having a nice mix of guys where people will cycle out. And we can cycle other guys in. Yeah, it's, there's a difference between spending and intelligent spending. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, 
The defensive tackle position wasn't much of a surprise, I don't think. Uh, you know, Damon Harrison, obviously Jay Bromley, Robert Thomas, and second round pick Dalvin Tomlinson. Um, pretty much just what we expected. Yeah, it's a lot of muscle yeah. in the middle there. Yeah, and let's get Tomlinson get a little uh, get his feet wet before you know he seriously competes to start. But you know, it, it's it's a good situation. Yeah, and, and all honestly, he he impressed me in preseason. And again, I know it's preseason and whatever, but. He just, he just seemed a little bit more like he knew what he was doing right away. Right, right. Um, there was a bit of a shakeup at linebacker. Uh, so the linebacking core that is, you know, the starting 53, uh, B.J. Goodson, Jonathan Casillas, Devon Kennard, J.T. Thomas made the team. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there was a huge question mark there. Calvin Munson made the team, and Keenan Robinson still holding on to his spot despite a concussion knocking him out for a while. Mark Hersley got sent to IR for his stinger. You know, uh, Keenan Robinson, he's been in the protocol now for four weeks, five weeks. Yeah, something like that. That's, you know, that's getting a little scary to me. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And it was one of the reasons why he might have lost his roster spot. I mean, I know he got a deal this year, and it's not for chump change, but... I don't think Ben McAdoo cares about that stuff. I think he wants his best talent out there. And yes, I agree. For, for I, I can't imagine them not going to the doctors before deciding to keep his roster spot. Oh, absolutely. You know, these all these decisions are made, you know, with all the experts and all the doctors and all the you know, the medical opinions they can get to make an informed decision. So yeah. So I imagine that if Keenan Robinson isn't active for week one, he'll at least have progressed through the pro- the concussion protocol uh, to be ready by week two. Is really what mm-hmm. I'm thinking. Um, and they'll need him. They'll need him. He's a very good linebacker. Um, Mark yes. like to IR though is a bit of a surprise. That's you know, he's not as athletic as we would have hoped when he was taken as an undrafted free agent, but he is still a stalwart on special teams. He's an emotional leader in the locker room. Um, and you know, not for nothing, but he's always in on goal line situations doing his job. Um, so he the does guy's have a, a part on defense as well as special teams. Yeah. The guy's a cockroach every year. We're like, he's on the bubble. He's on the bubble. We think he's going to be gone. And he, he just survives. And then you get to like week 13, week 14, he's playing a, a very key part. Like, you know, like you said, in special teams or something. So, um, you know, having that uh, pedigree with the Giants really helped him to get out, even just on IR and just not getting rid of him. Yeah, and uh, I, I've been somewhat vocal about this on Twitter, but you know, Calvin Munson, I haven't seen it. I don't see the tape of him, you know, being at this level. I I thought he should have went to the practice squad, but if if IR was the destination for Mark Herzlick, like, I'm not sure that there was a better idea out there, unless it was on another roster, but. He's going to have to show it now. I mean, he's on the team. He's going to have to be playing special teams at the very least. So, you know, he better muscle up, prove me wrong. Yeah, well, he's going to get his opportunity. So, yeah. See what he does. Um, at the cornerback position, there was a big shakeup. Um, this was a little bit of a story, and it kind of made me feel a little bit for, for somebody. But um, Janoris Jenkins, obviously, Eli Apple, obviously, Dominic Rogers, Camardi, uh, Michael Hunter. And Dante Dion initially made the roster and then was not on the roster. It was reported that he made it and then he was dropped. He's now on the practice squad. But the Giants traded a 2018 conditional seventh round pick for Ross Cockrell from Pittsburgh. Fantastic move. You know, you can, you can get a guy like that who started all 16 games last year to add some depth to that the, the secondary. I think it's a huge move. 
Dude, it's a brilliant move. It's absolutely yeah. brilliant because he's only costing a million dollars. He took somehow or another there was seven hundred thousand dollars wiped off of his contract. Um, this is a guy like you said who started sixteen games. Who is now taking the place of Dante Dion, who I think has potential and I think can be an NFL corner. I really do. Um, but this guy, in place of Dante Dion, you have a six foot cover corner who plays the outside, but mostly the slot. He's athletic. I mean, if you look up his highlight reel, you're not going to find anything fantastic. You look up his stats, you're not going to find anything fantastic. But you will see the fact that he's covering AJ Green. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, that's that's now our fourth, fifth. Corner. As I say, you don't need spectacular when we're getting him. We we have spectacular. He's called Janoris Jenkins. Yeah, exactly. He's called Eli Apple. You know, so we don't need you know a a, a Pro Bowler. We need somebody who can, you know. Provide depth, provide you know that rotation, so these guys will be fresh. And if one guy doesn't go down, like what happened in the Green Bay game, we're not screwed. Yeah, exactly. You know, the the Baltimore Ravens had cut Trevin Wade, who, you know, I always thought was pretty good. He's not the guy you'd want starting, but if he had to come in, he wasn't a complete liability most of the mm-hmm. time. Um, so I thought they were going to have their eyes on them. This is a way better move. You know, at most they're giving up a seventh round pick next year. Um, it, it's it's great move for depth. It's fantastic. And, our, and I think we get a conditional pick with, uh, with with Hankins being gone last year, losing him the free agency. I'm pretty sure they slot that in around the seventh round spot. So, if anything, it's just a replacement of what we, you know, getting using that pick and get rid of that. So yeah, we're fine. We we be swapping out a bonus. Really. Yeah. Um, right. I'm not entirely sure how that works. It's definitely like an algorithm that I don't think anyone has an exact science for. But yeah, it's certainly possible. Um, and not you're, only you're, that, but you're, ta- you're talking about a pick that may or may not even make the roster for someone who's going to be, you know, an integral part of the secondary, a position of real need, the depth in the secondary. So I, I think it's a fantastic move. It, it's a brilliant move, um, and one that I don't think anyone saw coming. Um, no, no, not me. Yeah, no, no, no. I, you know, not exactly the first name that comes to mind, but yeah, I'm excited for it. I think I think it's going to take him a couple weeks. I know it was reported somewhere like, oh, Cody Sensabaugh was taken last year by the Giants in the middle of the year and played three days later. It's like, yeah, well, Cody Sensabaugh actually played for Steve Spagnuolo for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, Ross Cockrell has, and he also that. wasn't very good. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, yeah. he came in for a couple plays. He you know knew how to blitz and things like that. But you know, right. I, I think there's time. I think also this has to do with Eli Apple's ankle injuries. Um, mm-hmm. Michael Hunter, I believe, is still walking something off. Um, but it's also, you know, we don't know if Rogers Cromartie is going to be on the roster next year. Um, mm-hmm. We have somebody who can step right in. This is like a college program all of a sudden where we have like a farm yeah. system. Well, the thing is, you know, you, you want to make moves where it's just not looking five minutes ahead, but maybe a year or two down the line. And like you said, Rogers Camardi probably won't be on the team next year. And then, then what happens with the depth? So, you know, it's uh, another example of what Reese is doing that, you know, might be a little bit of an under the radar move, but it could prove huge dividends for us. Yeah. I, I, I can't say enough about how happy I'm about this move. <laughs> um, the safety position worked out just the way we expected. Uh, Landon Collins, Darian Thompson, Nat Burhey, Andrew Adams, just what we thought, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. No surprises there. Special teams worked out just the way we wanted to. Um, you know, Brad Wing, Aldrich Rosas did absolutely nothing to lose his spot, so he got it. Um, Zach Diossi remains a stalwart from 2004, I believe. 
that was a legitimate competition for kicking, and I think bringing Nugent in was great to really push this guy. And I, I you know, you saw the results. So yeah, and and Mike Nugent didn't do anything to lose his spot either. Um, no, he just provided legitimate competition, and I think he'll end up being on a roster at some point in the year when you know somebody gets hurt or something. And probably kicking a field goal against us in November to cost us the playoff spot. But you know, those are the breaks. <laughs> yeah. Um, the practice squad rounded out with Travis Rudolph, Dante Dion, Adam Bisnawadi, uh, Jordan Williams, John Halapio, Ryan Murphy, Curtis Grant, Marquise Bundy, Tim Scott, and we claimed somebody from, I think, the Cardinals named Nordley Cappy, who I know nothing about. <laughs> you know, a lot of those guys that we kind of were following on a daily basis during training camp, we were able to sneak them through. So, you know, good. You know, maybe we'll see what happens down the road. You know, they'll provide – Provide some training depth and maybe, you know, somebody will be a, a contributor down the line. Hopefully. I mean, that's that's really the plan with the practice squad. Exactly. All right. That's that's our post-game show for um, Just Giants. Uh, we'll be back Friday morning for our first pregame um, week one NFL kickoff for uh, a game preview of the New York Giants at the Dallas Cowboys for Sunday night. Um, just a reminder that you can find us on Twitter at football underscore grump for me at just giants pod for the podcast and at the cranky fan for me. Um, just remember you can follow us on iTunes and SoundCloud. Tell your friends, tell your mom. <laughs> I'll tell her later. Don't <laughs> worry. <laughs> All right, giants fans. Let's go giants. Go giants. Go giants.